Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. When you're tuned in, you're with Lady Business and Give It to the People Radio, where you're going to get enlightened, enhanced, empowered, and enriched. Make sure that you always tune in to Give It to the People Radio. 300 stores at the moment. Um, I'm not exactly sure because we haven't updated the website lately. We've been so busy. Um, I was a teacher for 22 years. I started a company with absolutely no business background. So I want to keep, I want you to keep that in mind. And in three years, um, we have moved in three, into 300 stores. The information that I give you today is going to be brutally honest so that you can have the information that you need to move forward. Because a lot of times people will sell you smoke and mirrors and it sets you back. And by the time you figure out the truth, you just, you, you kind of go, well, why didn't they just tell me that to begin with? And we're going to focus on two things. We're going to focus on two things. Well, actually three things, but it's really two things. We're going to focus on you and the person that you're selling to. You and the person that you're selling to. Because you've got to be really clear before you get started about two things. The most important thing is who are you selling to? Too often, we come up with a widget and then go out into the world and try to find somebody to buy our widget. And then we get mad when people don't want to buy the widget. Well, if I don't need your widget, just because you're my friend, don't mean I'm going to buy your widget. So you need to figure out who are you selling to first. Who are you selling to first? Once you figure out who you're selling to, then you take your widget and you design it so that who you are selling to needs it. So let's take me for an example. I used to do soap, sugar scrub, body butters, lotions. Um, Oh, God, what else? A whole list of things. I just made stuff and hoped it, just hoped somebody would buy it. That does not work. I added candles just because I could. And I tell people all the time, just because you can make something doesn't mean you should make something, okay? And that's going to be important in a minute. But just because you can make it doesn't mean that you should make it. 
just because you can make it doesn't mean that somebody wants to buy it. Okay. So I made all of these things and then I would show up at the flea market with my, you know, printed labels that I did at home. And we're going to talk about that too. And I would just sell my stuff and I sold stuff. I mean, people will, people will buy. I mean, like if you, you can have the crappiest stuff and somebody will buy it. So I want, I want you to understand that somebody will always buy something, but that's not what we're doing here. We are really trying to build a brand here long-term. So I showed up at the flea market and I sold my little stuff because it was a whole bunch of stuff. And then one day I quit my job. I was a teacher. I had been teaching for 22 years. And I said, okay, I got to make some money. And my husband was like, you got one year to figure this thing out. And everybody, like literally everybody was looking at me like, you don't know nothing about business. You don't know nothing about business, manufacturing, marketing, selling. I knew nothing. And so I hired a coach and I highly recommend finding one coach and paying somebody to help you grow. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. So I highly recommend finding a coach, a coach, people, not 50 million coaches. And don't keep jumping from coach to coach to coach. Find one person to help you matriculate through the process. Okay. so I found a coach and I said, ride or die. This is my coach. The first thing that she said to me was, you look like every other flea market, soap maker, candle maker that I have ever seen. And I looked at my stuff, and it did. It did not hurt my feelings because it was the truth, okay? I was like, okay, she has a valid point. It looks like everything else at a flea market, and I don't want to be at a flea market. I want to be in a store. And then her second question was, well, who are you selling to? people and she was like no you have to come up with one person they call it an avatar or your ideal customer she was like you have to come up with one person that you want to sell to now when I sat down and came up with my person my person had money I didn't create an ideal customer that was broke now I'm not saying that your ideal customer has to have money I'm saying the one that I chose had money because I knew what I wanted to sell and where I wanted to be. So once you figure out who you're selling to, then you can figure out the product that you are going to sell them. Okay. So after I figured out this is my person and I'll tell you, I generally speaking, my person is college educated, um, Southern woman that, um, is in a supervisory position. She has children. They're a little bit older. She's a suburban type mom. Um, she drives a nice car. She's fashionable, but not too much so. She's well put together. And when I see her, I know her, okay? As soon as she walks in the booth, I recognize her. As soon as she walks up to my candles, I'd be like, oh, I'm about to make a sale. Because I have my avatar. I have, I think, 10 pages about where she shops, the types of grocery stores, where she buys her clothes. If she lives in a small town, it's Cato, because that's all we got in a small town. If it's a larger town, it's probably Macy's. And if it's somewhere like this area, it's a Nordstrom's. Okay, so I know her intimately. What kind of car she drives, the neighborhood, what her neighborhood feels like when you drive into her neighborhood. Her neighborhood has trees, okay? Because you know the difference between a neighborhood that has trees and a neighborhood that doesn't. So you really have to know that person that you are selling to. 
And then I said, okay, what am I going to sell her? Not all of this crap, because that's too confusing. So I picked one product to sell to that one person. And that's the basis of where you start. Too many times we don't know who we are selling to or why we are selling it to them. So I sell candles to sophisticated Southern ladies and gentlemen, and those candles always remind them of home. That's what I do. When people ask me, what do I do? I don't start listing off all the stuff that I sell. Soap, body blush, scrub, da, 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 da. I sell candles. That's it. I don't try to list off the uh, room sprays and the wax melts and the mason candles. And the t I sell one thing. So when everybody leaves here, you might not remember my name. You might not remember my brand. But you're going to say, oh, I met a lady that sell candles. And then everything else can be Googled. Seriously. So when whatever your thing is, be clear about who you are, what you are selling, and who you are selling it to. If you lay that foundation to begin with, it cuts out 90% of your problem. Because here's the issue. We're going to go more into that in a minute. If you want your products to go into a store, what stores do you approach? Well, if you're selling everything to everybody, that product doesn't fit anywhere. Whereas my candles, as soon as I walk into a high-end boutique, which is the stores that we mostly sell to, any high-end boutique, I walk in, I go, oh, my candles will fit right in, in this store. We're going to talk about marketing and branding and all of that because once you figure out who you're selling to, you design your whole product line to, to, to sell to that person. But when I walk into a store, my candles literally could be sold in a Macy's or in a Nordstrom's right at this moment. They could be. They would fit right in, okay? So it goes against what you feel is right, but I'm telling you, one thing... You need to be known for one thing. You need to be really good at one thing, and you need to know that one person that you're selling to. So once you do that, other people will get what you're doing. When you write your copy, like when you're designing everything, other people are going to get it. But what it does is laser focuses you and your brand to one thing so it's not muddied and all over the place. Okay? So that was the first thing that I had to learn. And I took a long time to learn that. Once you start that process, the next thing that you have to do is if you want a high-end brand, you can't be printing your labels at home. I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. You can't be taking your own pictures. You can't host your products on a free site. It just doesn't work like that. I'm not saying don't start there because when I started, I had zero dollars. Zero. So I took my own pictures. But it's the moment that I could afford a professional photographer, that's what I did. And the moment I did that, I raised my prices. Okay? Because if it looks cheap, people are not going to pay good money for it. If your website is poorly designed, if I first off, when I go to your website, I should immediately know who you are in terms of what you're selling, what that one thing is. 
So when you go to my webpage, you might not see me, but you know that whoever owns this webpage, they sell candles. Like that's the first thing you see. And the feeling of that page lets you know immediately if it is for you. So there have been plenty of times I'm on the internet, I go to a page, I open it up and I'd be like, oh, this mm, is not for me. Like this stuff, whatever it is, it's not for me. I don't take that personal because that person is not selling to me. I go find the people that are creating products that speak to me. But it's important that your web page and your pictures all convey that message. So you, the person goes to your site, or they open it up, they immediately know it's for them. Your packaging has to reflect that same message. So I have a very Southern theme. The reason that I created the whole company is because my husband's in the military. We travel a lot of places, and literally, I just wanted to come home. And when I say home, I, I literally mean Durham. I could move back to Durham. Oh, okay, I'm about to get started. Let me just stop right there. I love Durham, but my husband don't want to live here, which is a whole nother story. But I always wanted to come back home, okay? So I created a candle company that was all about what I wanted. But I sell products and package products in a way that other people want to buy it. Does that make sense? So the company is about me and being Southern and growing up in the South and having a very Southern experience, but it's packaged and presented in a way that any woman, basically, because that's, that's who I, my person is a woman, but any woman that lives in the South, grew up in the South, or just yearns for that old, you know, like back in the day when your grandma was the bosom that you kind of, you know, Anybody that has that feeling, the brand will relate to. But when I create copy, I'm only thinking of literally one person, okay? So you have to be clear about that. My packaging reflects that. When you go to my Instagram, it reflects that. Oh, and social media, you don't have to do all social media. Just pick one platform where your person resides the most. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on Twitter because my people are not on Snapchat and they're not on Twitter. I'm on Facebook mostly, and then I post on Instagram because I know people like to go look at pretty pictures. And that's pretty much what it is. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about what I did because I really want this to be about helping you and answering questions that you may have about um, getting into stores. But I'll, I'll tell you the rest of the journey. Um, I approached a lot of stores there's a big um, disconnect with store owners because I'm black and the brand is Southern. So a lot of times people kind of go, what? You know, and then, um, so I had to get over some humps of being a woman, then being a black woman with a Southern brand. Um, and I have heard for every one yes I hear, I hear about 85 no's. So it's not like people were like, oh, my God, this is so pretty and it speaks to my customers. Yes, let me put, me, put you on the shelf. Most of them said, mm, first off, I got candles and a lot of them. And I get a whole bunch of people in here all the time trying to sell me more. So why am I going to take something off the shelf that I know is going to make me money and put your stuff on there? No. 
And then I was like, okay, I'll talk to you in six months. <laughs> you know, and I just keep going back and back and back. And I've done that. And then I got on um, some wholesaling platforms. Um, my website is beautiful. So when people hear about the company now, um, they go, they look, they see them in a bunch of stores. And once you get into stores, then it becomes easier to get into more stores because then you have social proof. So now that I'm in 300 stores. When people contact me, I go, oh, yeah, we're in about 300 stores. And they go, what? Okay, well, well, we'll take a chance. And then the candles are just as good as anything else. And people don't know. When they look at my brand, they think, like, we're some big corporation. And it's like three of us really running the company. But you would never know that just by looking at it. But, you know, so anyway, so we're in 300 stores now. So do y'all have any questions? Because I really want this to be about you and how I can answer questions to help you. Any questions? Her question was, how did I find the people to approach about being into, in their store? Well, if you know who your people are, then you know where they shop. And I started with that. So they're like, we're in the Zen Succulent here in Durham, okay? And when you think about who shops in the Zen Succulent, you know, who's going to spend basically a lot of money on a plant? I mean, if you bottom lined it, because you can go to Walmart and get some plants, you know, but if you think about who is going to spend extra money on a plant, who's going to spend extra money on just decorative planters, you know, those are the type of people that would also spend extra money on a candle. Does that make sense? So then once you know who your people are, you know where they shop, then you know which stores to approach. So there are some stores here in Durham that, I mean, like, there's really no point in me showing up saying, well, you sell this $28 candle. I mean, my mama lives off the Merck. So there are plenty of little strip malls on the Merck, but me showing up down there with a candle that costs $28 is like a waste of everybody's time. And then there are some really high-end stores that, you know, a $28 candle is like the bottom of what they would even consider carrying. So you just have to, once you know who you are selling to, then you know where to go to say, will you carry my candles, pretty much. And then the price point makes a difference also. So some stores, when I approach them, I approach them with the expensive, most expensive candle. And then other stores, they might get the medium one and then some get the low one. So I have three different price points. But the bottom line is, if you know who your people are, then you know where those people shop and those are the places that you start. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I'm not sensitive, okay? So the, I pretty much knew that whatever coach I got was going to help me. Now, some people are sensitive, and she's not a good coach for them. The coach that I used was Leela Barker, and she's very expensive um, now. But if you Google, like, how to wholesale, pages and pages of stuff comes up. And I just went through and contacted all of those people and talked to them and, and saw what offerings they had. Um, there's another lady, uh, Megan Almond. She has like a whole bunch of online classes. Um, there's a lady out of um, the UK that has a class. I think it's called How to Wholesale. Um, but it's this exact same information that you would use if you were here in the States. So I just Googled and then I just started contacting people saying, you know, 
Let me see what, you know, what, what are you offering? Can you take me? And see, I had absolutely no knowledge. So I had to find somebody that knew about everything. So, and then when I talked to um, Leela, I was just like, okay, I think that I'm going to go with you. And then I stuck, I still work with her. Like she's still my coach. Not that I need her help now. Like I, I don't need her help in terms of getting into stores, but you need somebody like she had a multi-million dollar company. You, you see what I'm saying? So any problem that I have, I know that I have a place to go to ask somebody to say, hey, how do I deal with scaling my company? How do I bring on my first employees? I, somebody quit. They call like every uh, organization you can think. She called OSHA. She called the uh, fire department. You know, and I was like, how do you deal with this like when you're having these issues? So I had someone that I could talk to to say, how do I navigate this whole system? She doesn't help me get into stores, but you're going to need that kind of support, especially as a black woman, if you have a company and then scaling your company. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Do you have a line sheet? Mm-hmm. Okay, so a line sheet is just a catalog of your, your products. Yeah. So they'll ask you for a line sheet and it's just the catalog. Mm-hmm. And your social media? What is your social media? Like, what is your name on social media? And then they're going to go and look at your um, page and then they'll make a decision about whether or not you are a good fit for their store. So those are the basic kind of questions that they're going to ask you because they need to know who are you selling to? Because if those people don't shop in their store, then you're wasting their time. You, Yes, yes, definitely. Yes, ma'am. You always need to know who your competition is. And let me tell you this. Saying that you're handmade means nothing. Saying that you're all natural means nothing. Saying that you're the people that you sell to, and I'm not just about to say this because of what you said. Saying that the, they care about all natural products, that means nothing. You're going to have to go way deeper than that. I'm sorry, what was your question? I got sidetracked. My phone was ringing. Okay, so you always have to know your competition. And that's why I got on that tangent. Because most of your competition is saying stuff like, oh, I just want to sell to everybody that loves natural products. And you're going to say, oh, I want to sell my brand to people that, you know, love natural products, but... X, Y, Z, and that's going to separate you. So for me, how did I separate my brand? First off, I knew who my competition was. And both, and there are really two brands that are my competition. One of them is called Southern Firefly. And then the other one is called The South Candle. Okay. My packaging is prettier. That's number one. Um, Faster, stronger, harder as a black woman. So my packaging is prettier. My social media is fabulous. My web page is better. But the main thing that separates me is my tagline is modern values, Southern charm. That immediately lets you know that we're kind of moving forward. But still, you know, we still love living here in the South. We know it's a little janky sometimes. We got, you know, there's racism that happens here. We know this. But it's all about moving forward and we still love living here. Their brands are like they have candles called Confederate Plantation. You see what I'm saying? So the line becomes remarkably clear 
I'm, and I'm not talking about anybody. I'm, I'm stating facts here now. So the line becomes re remarkably clear when you really when the stores start looking at the brands. Now these brands that I mentioned got big machines behind them. You know what I'm saying? So my delineation, my separation had to be very, very clear. So although we're all candles about to sell, mine is the only one that's really about being modern and sophisticated and nuanced. So we'll never have a plantation candle. We'll never have a gunpowder candle. And I'm not saying having that is wrong because they have it and clearly some people are buying it. But the person that buys a plantation candle probably won't buy my brand, period. You see what I'm saying? And that's okay. There's enough room in the market for all of us. So, but that's how. You figure out what what is it that you sell? So what type of food are y'all going to sell? Okay, what is going to separate you from everybody else? Who are you selling to? I know y'all thinking everybody that want to eat. But Chick-fil-A don't sell chicken to anybody that wants chicken. Chick-fil-A sell to a very specific customer. You see what I'm saying? McDonald's, y'all think McDonald's sell to everybody. McDonald's ain't really selling to everybody. Because there are a bunch of people that are like, I ain't going to ever eat McDonald's. McDonald's ain't changing how they make their burgers to fit, you know, to fit these people that say y'all got too many chemicals. You know what I'm saying? So it feels like you want to serve you know, fish to everybody, but you really don't. You want to serve a very specific person, and then you have to, like, I'm not even, I can fry fish. What, what do I need to come to you for? You know what I'm saying? So it has to be something about you that made me go, oh, girl, uh-uh, I ain't frying no fish. I know where I'm going. It's fish on Fridays, is my, grandma, uh, my aunt, grandma, everybody used to say. Fish on Fridays, I know where I'm going to get it. You see what I'm saying? So it has to be something that makes me feel like that whenever I think about your brand. And then you have to, whatever that is, you have to make that your point of differentiation for everybody. So that when I see you, I might not know your name, but I'd be like, oh, girl, she's the one with that fish, that X, Y, and Z, whatever that thing is that sets you apart from everybody else. Every other person that's frying, frying fish, like anybody can fry fish, like you know what I'm saying? Anybody can make a candle. So when I say anybody can do it, let me be the first to acknowledge anybody can make a candle. Y'all got candle science right down the street. Anybody can go buy some wax and make a candle and sell it. But what is going to separate you, your product from everybody else? And who are you selling to? So that even if I'm living on the other side of Durham and you say, hey, people, we're going to be here. I'm going to be like, oh, I got to leave work at 5 o'clock. Um, I'm going to give me some fish, and I know I got to get there early, or else they're going to be sold out. Like, that's the kind of people you want. But you can only do that if you really know who your people are, and then you design everything around that to them. And other people going to show up, too, though, you know. So don't feel like that's going to be the only person that show up. The other people will come, too. But it helps you narrow down who you're selling to and why. Yes, ma'am. About 300. I don't know the exact number. Might be. No, there are just a whole bunch of mom and pop little stores all over the United States, California, Maine, all the way down to Key West, all over the U.S. That's why I say you don't have to like you don't have to worry about who you're talking to. Other people would get it. We sell candles in Colorado. And I'm just like, what? But they do well for whatever reason. It resonates with those people.
I have I have two people. I'm getting ready to hire a third. And then I have like a photographer, a bookkeeper, um, a graphic designer, a social media manager. So I have pe- three people in my actual building, but I have a variety of people that I work with. I tell you this, this is how it worked. I was working, 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 and I couldn't make the candles fast enough. And I was like, oh, I got to hire somebody. And then you figure out how to hire somebody. Okay. And then I had my person and I was like working, working, working. The two of us working. I was like, we can't get the orders out fast enough. I need to hire somebody else. And then I hired another person. And then you figure it out. And I'm not even trying to be funny when I say that. But when the situation, it's like um, you're... You're in the middle of something, something happens, and either you figure it out or you don't move forward. That's it. So how does it, how does it work? You, my day-to-day is I come into work. I say good morning to the person making the candles. I say good morning to the person packing up the candles, and then they do their job, and then I go. My job is to make sure that we get orders so everybody eats. I'm the one that's responsible to make sure that we get enough orders that everybody eat. And by everybody, I mean the two of them, that they get all of the hours that I promised to them. I got to pay my coach, my bookkeeper, my photographer, my social media manager, and sometimes me. So my job is to make a minimum of $15,000 every month. So I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at marketing strategies. I'm looking at people to assist me. Um, to make that money. I'm looking at our social media. I'm looking at how is it growing? How can I use that to my advantage? But what I'm not doing is making candles anymore because I can't make candles and grow the company. Did that, did that answer your question? Okay. Yes, ma'am. The question was, how much, how much did I have produced when I started approaching stores? I didn't have, like, I literally had nothing. I had two pots in my kitchen and a bag of wax is what I had, an idea. And the first store that I approached, I didn't even have professional packaging. Yeah, I didn't even have professional packaging. It was just what I could get. Um, There were just brown boxes with labels that I printed off at home. Now, how do you get from that to where I am now? Determination. How determined you are for your company to succeed will determine how well your company succeeds. All of the money that I made from selling those little candles at the flea markets and the um, craft shows and the farmer's markets and all of that went back into the company. And then it was like, okay, I can get I can get nice looking boxes now. And then I went back to that one little store and I said, hey. I need to replace all of these cardboard boxes with these little printed labels from my printer at home with real boxes. And she was like, okay. And then I replaced everything in that one little store. Okay. You spend what you can afford. You spend what you can afford. That's what you spend. You can't, the company that I use, I order 5,000 boxes at a time, and each one of the boxes costs a minimum of a dollar. So every time I order boxes, I drop $5,000 with them. Every time I order labels, um, I order two or $3,000 worth of labels. Did I start there? Absolutely not. I started with regular little cardboard boxes and labels that I printed off at home until I could afford better. So I never tell people what they should spend. I tell them, you spend 
what you can. What you do, what is going to set you apart is a regard. When I first started, I knew who I was selling to. And so even those little rinky-dink printed labels I had at home, they still spoke to that person. And then the better they got, the more money I could charge for the candles. That's the only thing that changed. They're in the same containers, but now that they look better, I, I can charge more. That's the only difference. So you have to take that into consideration. Like when I first started, I could not charge $28 with a label printed off in my kitchen in a, in a little cardboard box I got at, you know, Hobby Lobby. But that's where I started. So I never criticize people for being where you are with your company. You just have to grow it. So as you get better, you pay for better. Where did I find my packaging? Google. I swear to God, y'all, y'all don't think I'm lying. Google. I'm in a bunch of groups, and um, I, w- I would ask people, hey, where would you get your boxes? Radio silence. That means they ain't answer. So then I was like, okay, I got to figure this out on my own. So I initially started with um, Google, and then I literally contacted every single, like if you Google candle packaging, you know, the same thing is going to come up for everybody. And I called every single company, and I said, how does this process work? That's that's literally what I did for my packaging. And then the first boxes that I ordered were a hot mess. And I shipped the candles and they arrived broken to um, like literally all of the candles. It was about a $2,000 order and all of the candles arrived broken. And luckily it was right down the street with another woman owned company. And she was like, oh, no, you driving here and you're going to see this. So I drove there and they were like, you're going to have to replace these. And I was like, no problem. And they were like, we want you to drive all of the candles here since you don't know how to ship them. And I was like, no problem. And they were like, we're going to send you a guy and the guy is going to help you. Okay. And so I said, that's fine. So I went back home. I remade all of the candles that were broken. I shipped them. I mean, I drove them in my car. I drove them back to the store. They were still in the rinky dink little boxes that were not strong enough to be shipped. And then they sent the guy and the guy said, they sent the guy to my house. I was in my garage. So, of course, he's pulling up like, am I in the right place? His name was Brian. And I was like, Brian, just work with me. I promise you I'm not going to be in this garage long, but I need your help to get out of it. I can't get out of it with these flimsy boxes. I need, I need a solution. I need to know how to ship candles. And so he was like, the immediate solution we can give you is to give you a cardboard box with a... Um, what is it called? It has like an overlay on it. And he was like, that'll solve your problem immediately. And the candles can be here like in two weeks. And I was like, okay, let's do that. He was like, you got to buy 4,000 of them. And it's going to be a dollar a piece. I said, what did you say? What now? What you? What now? So I had a little secret account for my husband. And I was like, well, I guess I'll be dipping in the account. And he's like, my husband looking at me like, where you going to get $4,000? I was like, well, you know, air payday, you know, you never know how y'all do. So I had a little stash over here. So I had to go dip into like like a secret, like an extra little account that I had been stashing money into. And that's how I bought my first set of boxes. Now, I have two different size candles. So I can only sell one size of them. 
You see what I'm saying? And then I sold enough of those and I saved every single dime until I saved up 5,000 more dollars. And then I could buy the boxes for my other set of candles. And I just stuck with that solution because it's worked best for me. Does it work for everybody? No. But for me, it eliminated the need to have special shipping because the boxes are so sturdy. So I wish I had brought some candles, but I, I wasn't thinking. Um, I didn't. But that was my solution. I don't recommend it. I tell new candle makers, figure out a way to um, have your candles unboxed because it's an additional expense. And they can just save the boxes that the candles came in and use those same boxes to ship them out is what I, I recommend to new candle makers. But I tell them, don't do what I did. Yes, ma'am. My webs, just Google Southern Elegance Candle Company. Southern Elegance Candle Company. It's, it's so much easier. My website is secandleco because the people that have Southern Elegance want $10,000 for the website. And I was like, not with Google. We're we not doing that. So just, just Google it. Yes, ma'am. Pricing strategy. I charge as much as I can. Now, I and let me tell you, I'm not being funny, and I swear, I hate people. I, I hate hearing people say, "Well, if it costs you a dollar to make, then you multiply that by two, and then you wholesale that, and then you multiply that by four for retail." Uh, uh. That's why I started with, "Who am I selling to? How much will she pay? That's how much I'm gonna charge. I don't care one penny. That's how much it could cost." I, $28, cause that's her, you know what I'm saying? Like that's her point. 30, I could probably raise my prices to $30 and then not blink an eye, you know what I'm saying? But my competitors are at 30, so I like to come in slightly under what they selling. That's the only reason they at 28. But you let my competitors raise it to 32, I'm gonna be like 30. I don't care about that. Like if you know who you selling to, then you know how much your people gonna pay. That's it. So my pricing strategy is as much as I can get. That's, that's my strategy. You got a company to run. And the thing is, you got to start thinking from the very beginning. I got a company to run. I got people to pay. I got stuff I need to do. I want to get paid. Listen, I tell everybody, I want a convertible Jaguar. I'm not going to get no convertible Jaguar selling $5 candles. I'm not. I'm going to still be driving my Buick. But I want a convertible jack. When y'all see me in that jack, y'all going to be like, oh, she made it. She made it. Because it's going to be all over social media. It's going to be everywhere. Let me tell you. It's going to be everywhere. I'm gonna be, it's going to be this temperature. I'm going to be top down. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Three years. Three years. Well, this, this is going into my fourth year. So about three and a half years. And I made all those mistakes listening to people times two, times four. And then my coach said, girl, please, what? How you going to make some money? And I was like, oh, it don't have to be like this? And she was like, no, you charge as much as you possibly can. Y'all know this. Come on now. Think about this. Y'all got a basketball coach at Duke. And then you got one at Central. Are they making the same amount of money doing the same job? Okay, your products don't, you see what I'm saying? Your products are going to be the same way. You cater to the people that are coming to you. So them people coming to Duke don't expect to pay their coach $50,000 a year. I mean, that's just what it is. Yes, ma'am. 
Okay, so this is, okay, two things, two, two parts to that. Number one, I grew up poor. I grew up, I, I, I grew up here in Durham. There were plenty of days we came home, the power was out, lights were off, no cable, whatever. I can do everything you can imagine with a potato. Fry it, bake it, put some onions in it, make a casserole, throw some ham in it. Like, I mean, I'm not so. The first thing is, I don't want to be poor. That is like number one. The second part of that is I was always afraid. I'm still afraid to price my products appropriately because I still struggle with that poverty mentality. But what helps me is being around other entrepreneurs with multi-million dollar companies that be like, you want to make money or what? And then I go, oh, wait, I don't want to be poor. Like, it takes me back to that. And they be like, raise your prices. And then when people come in and be like, your, your candles cost too much, not my customer. If they cost too much to you, clearly you are not my people because my people make enough money to buy my candles. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? So I have been at, and my, my employees always have to, they, they check me because people will come in and start talking to me at events and I don't pay $1,000 for the booth. And I'm looking like, you gonna buy these candles or what? Like we're not gonna sit here and talk. You, you can't talk. Every square is like a hundred dollars. So every time you step on something, I'm thinking 100, 200, like what number we going to get to before you buy a candle. And if they're not, you know what I'm saying? So after, once you get into it, you done been up all night making stuff and then you show up somewhere and your stuff is $5 and then you get it at the end and you be like, I did all that work for this. That helps you go, okay, I got to raise my prices. And then you do it again, you're, you're still like, I did all that work and I got to raise my prices. And then when I got my prices to the right place, I did all that work. And then I'm counting that money and I'm like, yeah, okay, this is my price. Like, you, you know when you hit that number because when you counting them dollars, you got a different kind of feeling. And then I was like, well, what happens if I raise it a little more? I'm going to feel a little better. I might lose some people, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? So you'll know if you're priced appropriately. The other thing is, like I keep saying this now, you can't charge $10 for a bar of soap if, you know, it's looking janky. Like people are not going to pay it. So you might have to, you know, start low. And as you improve your presentation, increase it. But you'll know, you'll know, you'll know. Yes, ma'am. So I'm going to say this. <sighs> You have to decide what's good for you. You have to decide what it is in your life and where you want to be. And then move from there. Excuse me. I see people that post 20 times a day. 1.5 million followers. People all in their business. But then they run a $3 million company. I don't want a $3 million company if I got to interact with 1.5 million people. Like, I don't, I don't want to be bothered like that. You know what I'm saying? But for that person, that works great for them. And they have a multi-million dollar company. So I never tell people, like, what they need to do with social media. You have to find a balance that works for you. So I post once a day on Instagram. They're mostly candle pictures. Every now and then I throw my face out there because I think it's important that people know that I'm black. Um, and that's about it. 
I could probably do a better job. I could probably be more interactive, but I'm not. I'm going to hire somebody. So I'm working really, really hard to sell more candles, to turn that whole job over to somebody else that can do a better job than I can because I don't like talking to people like that. And that's just the truth. And I think it's the truth for a lot of people. So I separate myself from the brand. So for the brand, I do the bare minimum to keep everything pretty so that when you go to it, you go, oh my God, this is so pretty. But when I turn it over to somebody, you're going to go, oh my God, this is so pretty. And she's talking to people and they're posting, but it ain't going to be me. It's going to be somebody that I paid to do it. So pay somebody. If you're not good at it, make enough money. Then pay somebody. And let me tell you something. The secret is people pay people to do the stuff they don't want to do. Starting with cleaning their house. Okay. And I ain't talking about nobody that can afford to, you know what I'm saying, to get somebody to clean the house. But, like, literally, if you don't want to do it, pay somebody. I got tired of making candles. I pay somebody. I got tired of shipping boxes. I pay somebody. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to do social media. I just hire somebody. The books were such a mess. I was like, God, we're going to be like Wesley. We're going to be in jail messing around. Like, I had to get a bookkeeper. So, you know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't get it together. I pay her and she's not cheap. So at any point in time, don't feel like you got to do it. You, You ain't got to do nothing. It's your company. That's the beauty of it. Hire somebody. Like when you get to that point, turn that stuff over that you don't want to do. And if you got a full-time job right now and can't do it, hire somebody. Plenty of people out there do social media. Plenty. Plenty of social media managers out there. Virtual assistants. Get one. Let them do it. Let that thing go. Let it go. Seriously, let it go. As black women, we hold on to too much and we want to control too much. Let it go. You don't have to do everything. The moment that I feel like I can afford to pay somebody else, I'll be like, oh, what? Honey, I'm going to let you do exactly what you do. Don't even call me and ask unless it's like dire because I don't even care how you do it. So just let it go. Yeah, seriously. Any other questions? Any other questions? What time is it? What time is this over? 12. We got eight more minutes. Okay, so then let me see. We talked about your ideal customer branding to support your ideal customer making sure that when you when you introduce what you do and who you are you could succinctly say it because if you start talking like most people are going to be like what is she talking about what do you do like what is that one thing i make candles and i sell them to people that live in the south that's it I can add more words if you want to hear more words, but ultimately that's what it is. And I'm not trying to do everything all the time. Um, When you approach stores, they are going to tell you no. They're going to tell you to kick rocks. They're going to be like, we don't care. We already got 50 million candle companies. We got 50 million soap companies. We don't want your popcorn. We don't want your fish. We don't want nothing. And then what you're going to do, you better dig deep and figure out why you're doing it and keep moving. Um, Your photography, you can't do it. You can start doing it, but the moment you can afford, you better find a photographer. And I'm not talking about somebody that's good at weddings. Like, you have to find a product photographer. I highly recommend finding a coach. And if you can't find a coach, find a group of people. 
that have their own business. And there's a huge difference between service-based businesses and product-based businesses. So you have to find somebody that knows about product-based businesses because those service-based businesses will have you running around a, a doggone maze not figuring out what you're doing because your setup is totally different because you got to make the thing, whereas they just got to show up and do the thing. There's a huge difference. So make sure that you find the right support system. Don't expect anything to happen overnight. I know social media got y'all thinking that, like, I could just make this thing and get out there. Everybody going to want to, you know, buy it and I'm going to be rich. It don't work like that. Have a halfway decent website. Every time that you can move up a level, level up. Don't work yourself to the point where you have to go to the cardiologist and the cardiologist has to say to you, chill out before you have a heart attack and die. That's what I would tell myself. Chill out. It ain't that none of this is that serious. So what? You ain't got to work 80 hours. How, the moment you can afford to hire somebody to do the job, turn it over. Some of that stuff we worrying about is not important. Like, it's just not. But even if I told myself that, I would have done it the exact same way. Okay? So just know that whatever you're about to experience is not anything that is uncommon. We all do the same thing. And then when you get to the breaking point, you'll know, like, I'm at the breaking point. I can't do this no more. I got to pay somebody else to do it. I got to hire them. I got to let it go. I got to change what I'm doing. I got to charge more. I got to drop this product because it's not selling. I hate making it. I don't like the way it smells, whatever it is. When you get to that point, you'll know. So when I'm in the cardiologist office on that doggone treadmill and they making me run and I can't breathe, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is ridiculous. And then I went and I started hiring more people, like, right after that. So, yes, ma'am. Girl, yeah. Okay, because I don't know them people like that. I don't know them people like that. I don't know if they're keeping their books right. I don't know if they're going to be open next week. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, plenty of stores that I used to sell to have gone out of business. Um, they shut down. They retire. They pick up another candle line. So somebody came in that smelled better than mine or or my candles don't sell well to their people. I don't know them like that. So I don't depend on like them people like that. I always, always am looking to build my direct-to-consumer sales through my website that is on my platform that I own the domain for, that I own the name for. Can't nobody come and say nothing to me about Southern Elegance. Because you might get cussed out. Like, I tell people all the time, don't make me act like where I'm from. Like, this is the nice me. But we can get as good as you want to. So, you know what I'm saying? So, you make sure that you are in total control of your sales at all times. That wholesale income is nice. But if it went away, I would still have a business. I don't depend totally on them. So, if I had to go back to flea markets, I'd do that. I'd do whatever I had to do to keep the company afloat. But, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, because this is what I know about that. Okay, let me change all of the identifying details so y'all won't know. I'm just using me as an example. There was a candle company that I know of that got into Target. And Target said, we need you to make 10,000 candles. So the candle company owner borrowed a whole bunch of money to get these products into Target. And then the products didn't sell. And Target put them on sale and was like, you got the boot. You got to get out. And since your products didn't sell, you got to buy back all of these products. 
That's what happens with those types of deals. And now, Candle Person is $40,000 in debt. Okay? So when I hear people talking about corporate accounts, I'm like, you better be clear about what you're getting into because everything that glitters is not gold because they have a buyback policy. So if your stuff doesn't sell, first off, they're going to order a huge amount that most people are going to have to take out a loan. Most small companies are going to have to take out a loan or get a line of credit or overextend themselves to even fulfill the purchase order. And then the purchase order is net 90. That means they pay you 90 days after they get the product. So they don't pay you up front. They pay you after the fact, net 90, okay? And then they pay you, and then your stuff don't sell, and they be like, oh, you got to buy all of this back. So you're already in debt from the initial, initial purchase, and now you got to buy back the product that didn't sell. So just be clear about what you're doing. I've seen a lot of brands take on those purchase orders for the Targets, the Walmarts, the um, Anthropology, Nordstrom. It happened to a, a, a real candle maker with Nordstrom. And um, Nordstrom was like, you got to buy back all your product. And she went and looked at her contract and it didn't have a buyback clause. And she was like, mm, ain't mine, that's yours. You know, but if she, she literally did a whole podcast about if she would have had to buy the product back, it would have bankrupt the whole company. So social media got a lot of people fooled. And the reason that when people get into Target, Target is all about making money. So if they give you a shelf, they better be making shelf money. You see what I'm saying? So when a, when a brand gets into Target or they get on the QVC or wherever it is, they got to, they got to tell everybody to look and buy so that they don't have to buy the stuff back. So they frame it as a social media push. Yeah, we're in Target. Oh, it's great. It's great. It is if they can move product. But if they can't, it could literally put them out of business. So I roll my eyes because I'm just like, I just wish that people would tell the truth on social media about how hard this is and what really happens when you get into um, those big box stores or get those big purchase orders from like a QVC or HLN or whatever it is. Um, Shea Moisture had the same issue. They're not in Target anymore. Um, Shea, it's another company called Shea Radiance. It almost put them out of biz business um, being in Target because of the marketing and the way you have to buy your shelf space and the stuff that you have to do and the free products that you have to um, provide them. So it's a lot that goes into those corporate accounts. And that's one of the reasons that I've focused on mom and pop boutiques. Because if one of them go out of business or don't order from me anymore, I'm like, okay, that's $200. You know, we'll be okay. But if I got $10,000 or $20,000 a month that I'm expecting from Target and I done built this in my plan, like, and then they stop ordering it. And then they'd be like, yeah, you got $10,000 worth of product you need to buy back. So you lost $20,000 in income and you got to, you know what I'm saying? So social media is smoke and mirrors there's a bunch of lies and I'm included in that I'm throwing myself in that because if you look at my social media you would think everything is great and wonderful and there are plenty of times I'm looking at my bank account like Lord where am I going to get $5,000 to pay for these boxes because I know it's coming up how am I going to make payroll what am I going to do I looked at the account the other day and I was like Lord when are they going to send me my $10,000 check that I just like I need my money you know like I need my money 
So it's a lot that social media just straight up lies to you about and just doesn't present the truth. So just always know it's way harder than it looks. And everything that glitters definitely ain't gold. It's probably fool's gold. And it's only a matter of time before that person figures it out. But they'll never tell you the truth, though. That's the other thing. They'll never tell the truth. I hope I haven't discouraged anybody. Okay, okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I always feel like I'm like that one person that's like, you can't do everything. Like, what are you making so, well, what's different about it? You know, and they're going, I just want to sell it to everybody. And I'm like, but you can't. There are 10,000 people that can make soap. Anybody can make soap. What is, what's going to be different about you? I used to make soap. I don't make it no more for a reason. The margins are too slim. Like, how are you, you know, how much soap do you need? You know, how much soap do you need to make in order for your salary to be $2,000? Like, do you know how many bars that is? Like, so just, I just don't want to discourage anybody. I just want people to just be really clear because there are plenty of soap makers making plenty of money. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. So just because I can't do it don't mean it can't be done. I just want people to be clear about what they're doing, why they're doing it, who they're selling it to, and the kind of money that they can expect to make. So, okay, I think my time. Yup, it's 12.03. I'm over time. Okay, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Give It to the People Radio. Make sure that you follow us online at ladybusiness.com, L-A-D-Y-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. We look forward to helping you grow, sustain, and maintain your business. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.